Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hey, good morning, Vineyard Westside. Once again, once again, the tribe has assembled the brothers from other mothers and sisters from different misters are here together as one family. Yes, we are. Yes. Well, hey, we're going we're to invite our ushers to come forward to give an offering together. Uh, this really is, is for any of us that call this place home. Uh, but also, I mean, if you're one of the people, I used to always wonder, well, what the heck does that go to? Uh, why would I want to give my, my money at church? And I don't know what I, what I, I just kind of thought that for some reason church had money and they didn't need my money. And that, I don't know, somebody was paying for the stuff. And so if you're somebody who tithes, you know, many of you faithfully give 10% of your income, the tithe. It's, man. Bless you. Wow. And many of us give offerings of different amounts, and that goes towards a lot of the, you know, the, the physical stuff. It goes towards um, paying for the air conditioning. I don't know if you've noticed, but this room's real big, and this building's real old. And it's hard to heat and cool and uh, the electric that it uses to walk, just, we got to pay all the bills. Uh, we have staff salaries and, um, you know, there's lots of people who do various jobs, things that break that we have to fix and everything's expensive. Uh, whenever anything happens, it seems to be thousands of dollars. It's never like 76 bucks. <laughs> And really, I'm only mentioning this because, not that we're uh, struggling with that. I'm mentioning it because that's all of the, you know, that's all of the daily stuff. That's all the natural stuff. And what I want to see happen is an increase overall in the funds that we're able to use for the kingdom of God. That, you know, we have money set aside and when random money comes in our way we're able to do really cool things with it we want to do more we want to be able to go out into the world and uh, bless people in different ways some of that is buying gift cards for people who are struggling some of that is uh, giving out free bags of groceries or hosting a free grill out we used to do way more of those things but when you're strapped for cash you have to keep the lights on. I don't want to just keep the lights on. I want to do cool stuff for Jesus. Right? And so uh, maybe this uh, blah, 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 this whole thing. Um, if you're new around here, I don't talk this much about money usually. Uh, but this could be the, the day that maybe you're the one who's called to start giving. Maybe you've never given before. Or maybe you've just put a couple bucks into something um, and that felt like it was enough. It's not enough. It's not enough for the kingdom of God to advance and to do cool things in the world. And so um, let's pray. God, I just pray that, uh, that you would know our hearts and that you would just partner with us, that we would be able to 
join up with you in the work that you're doing and we'd be able to, to go for that, that roller coaster ride with you. God, we don't want to just be doing the natural stuff and paying bills. We know that we got to be good stewards and do that. We want to do the cool stuff for you. And so we just say, come Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd bless us, that you would um, increase our territory here. Because yeah. I know you found us faithful. And so I just trust that you're going to do something, you're going to move, you're going to begin to increase those numbers just week after week yeah. to where we're able to be released and uh, able to equip more people, able to reach the lost. We just say, come Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, they're going to pass those, those bags along. And uh, if you're somebody who you don't carry cash or check or anything, uh, yeah, me either, uh, you can always go to our Vineyard Westside app. If you, what, I think everybody I know has a smartphone. Uh, everybody I know. And you can go to either one, Apple or Android. Look up Vineyard Westside Church. Westside is one word. <laughs> and uh, it'll bring up an app that you can download. And it's got a Bible in it. It's got um, podcasts that you can listen to from our past messages. It's got all kinds of different things. Ways that you can connect with other people from the church. Uh, ways that you can sign up for things and get into groups and all sorts of things. But you can also get signed up to start giving online. Uh, to where it just, you know, if you're very brave, you just set it on automatic. And that it's going to, man, it took me a while to get to the faith level of automatic deduction from what it, well, this was a, this was a really skinny month, though. But you still automatically drew out the same amount. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, faith starts to, to increase in some different ways. Anyways, uh, this actually does have to do with what I'm talking about today. That, um, you know, when I started giving, this message isn't about money, actually. When I started giving, though, at the, the Vineyard Tri-County, um, we, we jumped in really with both feet, that we had just come to believe that, you know, God keeps being faithful with us. Whatever we think that we're sacrificing or giving up or giving away, we keep being blessed more than that. And so we started giving um, a, a good chunk of our income away. And I just went back and forth. I called and had it canceled three or four different times and then reinstated because doubt would creep in and I go we're not gonna we can't make it on this we're not gonna this we've gotta we're having a hard time getting ahead and we're giving all this money to the church and we're still struck and doubt just creeping in thankfully um we've been going for a good long run and I will tell you for sure that um and we give away a pretty awesome Mercedes payment, always. Like, I could have a Mercedes and be one of those pastors and have to explain that to you. Anyway, today we're going to talk about doubt and 
the relinquishing of that doubt. The title of the message today is I Almost Believe It. I Almost Believe It. Uh, A lot of us, we, you know, I, I was asking people in the lobby to give me examples of things that they're doubting or things that they have doubted uh, recently, just examples of doubt in your life. And a lot of people would say, well, I don't, have, I don't doubt God at all. Which to that I would say, let me define that for you. We'll see if you have that same answer by the end of this. Um, but that you might have doubt in the other parts of your life. Um, you might have doubt that maybe you don't recognize as actually a doubt in God but that's exactly what it is. Some of the doubts are just, they make sense. I doubt that I'll ever be in the NBA. <laughs> I doubt it. Like, I doubt that, you know, I'm ever going to have a Bugatti Veyron. I think they're $2.4 million now. Three? Oh, yeah, this guy knows his Veyrons. I doubt I'll ever have that. Um, Some of the doubts just make sense. We got to have some kind of doubts. I doubt this will ever happen. Um, Sometimes, though, your doubts end up, you know, you used to have a doubt, and now you don't have the doubt anymore because it happened. Like, I doubted I would ever find Lululemon shorts at the Goodwill in Chevois. And yet, ding, ding. And then I doubted it would ever happen again. And then my daughter finds them and brings them home two weeks later. And I hate to admit it, but the greatest shorts I've ever had on. If you're not familiar, they're super expensive. But we got them for $5. If you haven't hit this Goodwill up the street, it is the best one. I'm telling you, it's the best one. You were like, no, I'll go to this one over here in Kenwood. The Chevois one is the one you got to go to. Just so you know, that's a not, not sponsored. People wrote down some doubts in the lobby, though, this morning. Just doubts that you have. I doubt that I'm actually forgiven. I doubt that God is really among us. I doubt that I can get past my fears. I doubt that there is a spouse out there for me. I doubt I will ever have good friends. I doubt that God will change people for the better. I doubt that I will ever be enough. I doubt that God cares about a wretched sinner like me. I doubt that God is involved in my personal life. I doubt that I will grow. I doubt that I will last 10 years. I doubt that rocks can sing. Let the rocks cry out. You guys familiar? No. I doubt that some souls will be saved. That's one of mine. I doubt that my dad will ever come to Christ. I doubt that God is always with me. I doubt that God really loves me. I doubt that God loves me. I doubt that the economy will change. I doubt that revelation is true. I doubt that my car will last. Well, it won't, not forever. 
But God, whoever that is, I pray that their car will last longer than they thought it would. In Jesus' name, amen. I doubt that he will ever get sober. I doubt that I'll ever be accepted. I doubt that my health will improve. I doubt that our election process will ever work. I doubt that I can lose weight. I doubt that people are being truthful with me. I doubt that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I doubt that I'll ever find the right person. I doubt that my finances will last. I doubt that my faith is strong enough. I doubt that I will believe for my whole life. I doubt that God's grace is enough for me. I doubt that I can be faithful and strong. I doubt that I'm a good example for other people. I doubt that prayer works. I doubt that I'm going to be okay. There are, there are doubts all over the place. And, and, they're, and they're real for sure. Uh, I still doubt God on a, too often, too often. And I am truly, truly um, envious, jealous, whatever it is. Whatever, even adding a bad thing in there. I am jealous of those of you in this room who have that gift of faith where you do not doubt God at all. That just whatever, whatever it is, I trust God completely, 100%. I'm like, are you like a unicorn person? Like, how do you? <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm close. Like, that's the message. To, I almost believe it all the way. And you might doubt God in some, some other way. Maybe you're a skeptic. I was a skeptic for you. I, I mean, I'll say that I, I am a, a skeptic who chooses faith again and again now. A skeptic is just someone who uh, has a denial of uncomfortable truths, like those truths surrounding faith and belief and things like uh, if you believe in Jesus that he died for your sins that you will be forgiven and ultimately you will go to heaven a skeptic struggles to ever believe that you might doubt God's existence God if you're there then why don't you prove it you might doubt his goodness that God will if you're good then why is this crap happening you might doubt his involvement in your life. That God, if you're so powerful, why don't you do something? Why don't you step in? Where were you when this thing happened? And so this thing happened, this trauma, this bad thing, this whatever it was, it breaks a lot of us. It breaks a lot of us and puts us in that place of, of saying, well, God, why did, if, you are, if you're real, then why the heck, and you're good, and you say you're involved in our life, why didn't you step in and do something? And doubt comes in. There's a, a famous story and character in Scripture about Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas, if you haven't heard of him before, um, the name Tom was getting a rough, a rough go for a while. You had peeping Toms. You, still, you have Doubting Thomases. Like... Turkey Toms. I just feel kind of bad for you guys. I, I've ranted about this before 
too, I think, but I'll just say it again. Um, it, it, along this line, if you call people Karens, <laughs> stop doing that. Stop it. Because I know, I know multiple Karens, and it's like horrible. Like they're, they're great, they're like great people and they're afraid to tell people their name. <laughs> I'm not kidding. If you, if you use the word Karen for something, stop doing it. Anyways, Thomas is a pretty good guy. Thomas is a pretty good guy, honestly. Uh, in scripture, we can recall that uh, Jesus prayed all night long before he selected his 12 disciples. Who was going to make the cut? Thomas made the cut. Thomas made the cut. And he's a guy who showed all kinds of promise as far as faith went. He's a guy who ultimately would travel to India to bring the gospel of Jesus to, to those people. This guy was pretty much a superstar. He's a guy who has the, that, that ability to act on his belief too. This, the book of Acts was all about the disciples who were, they were, I mean, they were running amok in the faith department. They were going around doing all kinds of things and miracles everywhere. Thomas is a part of this. The other times that Thomas shows up throughout Scripture, he always looked really, really good. Um, John chapter 11 and verse 16, it says, Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, now this is when Jesus, this is when Jesus is determined to go into Jerusalem in the midst of a really dangerous situation that was going on. And Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. If our guy is going to die, let's go. Because we said we're with him. And that we have his back. And he picked us and we pick him. In John chapter 14, though, um, things get a little bit squirrely. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house, it has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I'll come back and I'll take you with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going. He said, I'll come back, I'll come back and get you you know, like if you, don't, if you don't get there automatically on your own. Any of you doubt that Jesus is going to come back during your lifetime? Nope. It's something that a lot of times I don't think about. I, I think, ah, that's probably going to happen at some other time. I don't know. Why do I doubt that? Verse 5, it says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know the way you're going. We don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Essentially, Jesus, what are you talking about? You, you, keep, you always talk in these riddles, and sometimes it's just like you said, we know the way to, but I'm one of the 12, like I'm kind of on the inside track. I do not know what you're talking about. I don't know how to get there. Jesus answered, I'm the way, I'm the way, I'm the way. I'm the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He says, if you really know me, you'll know my father as well. 
From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so in Thomas, here we have this picture of a completely, totally, 100% sold out follower of Christ, right? He loves Jesus. He walks with Jesus. He's willing to suffer, and he even says that he's willing to die for Jesus, which ultimately he would do. But then he shows up late to the party uh, after, after Jesus rose from the grave. And so Jesus was killed. He was crucified. He was hung on a cross with spikes driven through his hands and his feet. Uh, it would be customary for their legs to be broken so that as their feet were put onto the block, they wouldn't be able to stand on it. They would be just subject to the most excruciating pain you can imagine. Excruciating. Excruciating is out of the cross, it means. It's excrucifixating. And Jesus is killed and then just, the, just like he said he was going to do, three days later, he comes back. And when, it, when things have to do with Jesus, the dead just don't stay dead. Amen. But Thomas ends up showing up late after Jesus is risen from the dead. The other disciples... See, Thomas was coming back from India. And during this time, the death and resurrection take place, and he shows up late. The other disciples are all high-fiving and so excited and celebrating because uh, they can't wait to share their excitement with Thomas that you're not going to believe what you missed, dude. And Thomas all of a sudden isn't having it. They all had this experience. Maybe you've been a part of this before where you had a group of friends or family or whatever, and they all kind of had this experience together, and you're just like, oh, I hate that experience. <laughs> you didn't have it with them. And so all of a sudden, maybe you're, maybe you're against it for whatever reason. And so you can almost sense this anger in his voice. He says in John chapter 20, Thomas says, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and I put my finger where the nails were and I put my hand into his side because it said he would be pierced for our transgressions. And so Thomas, fully believing, would believe that the prophecy would come true, that he would be pierced on his side. He's going to have a hole there. And so it's interesting Interesting that he's, he's, he's still having this complete faith and complete doubt at the same time. He said, unless I get to put my finger where the nails were, gross, and my hand into his side, grosser, then he says, I will not believe it. I will not believe it. I will not believe it. And so he comes back from India, all of his posse around him the fellow disciples all of them have the same story and they say this is this incredible thing happened and he says one one man verses 10 11 however many people came to him that had seen Jesus rise and he says no I don't believe any of you I will not believe it 
He doesn't say, I have my doubts about that, how, how that happened. I don't understand. He didn't say, I have trouble accepting that uh, or you're kidding me or how can that be? He said, I will not believe it unless I get to do this. And so all of a sudden he's doing this thing where he says, God, you need to perform the way that I want you to or else I don't believe in you. I don't believe that you did what, what they're saying you did. And that's a dangerous way to deal with God. Some of us, sometimes we put God into that place. We say, God, if you don't, if you don't heal my mom, I'm done with you. If you don't show up in this thing I'm struggling through right now, and I feel like I'm drowning, if you don't show up right now, I just, I'm done with you. Telling God to to come down and, and do things on your terms is kind of an interesting, an interesting thing. And so Thomas is being kind of unreasonable here. Thomas is being unreasonable in that why would Jesus even bother to show up? Why, why would Jesus, because Jesus does show up, as ridiculous as it is that Thomas is, is trying to write the story that you need to do this on my terms or else I'm not going to believe. You better get your butt over here, Jesus, so I can touch your, your gross holes in your hands and, and that I can put my hand in your side. That Just this demanding... And you know who our God is? Jesus shows up. He shows up. In John chapter 20, verse 27, Jesus shows up and essentially tells Thomas that he needs to knock it off right now. He says, stop doubting and believe. Just stop doubting and believe. Stop it. Stop doubting and believe. Have we had that picture up here at all? I don't know if that's been up there yet. Do you see that image? I think, oh, there's, there's what, what the, I don't see anybody. Oh, there you are. Oh, <laughs> sorry. It's, uh, it's a, a painting of Thomas and Jesus and uh, the... The feeling of the hands, I think. I'm not sure if it's, in, if it's not in there. Um, you guys can imagine the painting. <laughs> but essentially, Thomas is doubting that Jesus could do the thing that he promised. That, that he could do the thing that he promised. He promised that he was going to come back from the dead. There was this part of Thomas that still had doubt. I am with you, Jesus, all the way. I believe you're the Son of God. But this last little part, this like... It's like, last 5%. This last, I don't really believe that you can do that. Even though Jesus repeatedly promised that he was going to do that, that he was going to rise from the dead. Matthew 16, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And that he must be killed, and that on the third day be raised from, from the dead, raised to life. And so Jesus had made this promise, and he made it over and over and over again, especially to his disciples, his closest people. But Thomas refused to believe that part, that Jesus could do what he promised. He didn't have faith in that particular promise. 
Here's what Jesus said to him. He said, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they have believed. And here we are a couple thousand years later, and we didn't get to touch those holes in his hands. And, and here we are. And so it's an opportunity for us, little old us, to have even greater faith than, than some of the disciples. Jesus is saying, I'm going to cut you some slack here, Thomas, but you need to realize that not everybody is going to get this break. Not everybody got to hold, touch my holes in my hands. Not everybody, not everybody is into the things you're into, Thomas. And a lot of people are going to have to make up their mind about what they believe about me without ever touching me or seeing me in person. Hebrews says to us in chapter 11, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. It also says in verse 6, Without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Those who earnestly seek him, he rewards them. Um, a friend came up and told me a story this morning that, uh, you know, someone that God had put on her heart uh, was was going through serious health problems and they weren't really sure what was going to happen and so she decided that she was going to fast and pray and so she started fasting she was fasting for a week um, not from food completely but from a lot of the a lot of the things that you want to eat and drink and had cut these things out and it's a it's it's hard sometimes you imagine I've fasted from all kinds of things all of a sudden no caffeine you're like, God, just kill me. <laughs> but the, she committed to it, and she started fasting and praying, and it just kept getting more and more intense. Because that's what happens if you fast, if you've ever done it before. It just keeps getting more intense. And you feel a hunger pang, or you feel um, that thing that you really wanted. Like, I got this. I know people that have fasted from TikTok for months at a time and man you get that you get that itch to, I want to see what that person's talking about but anytime you get that urge that desire to do that thing whatever it is that you would that you would focus that on prayer focus that on that person focus that on that that thing that you want God to move in and she said that after she fasted for a week that she just kept praying and praying and she started to feel things way more intensely and as she's reading things are popping out and that's just what starts to happen it just because when you're in that place you're you're switching over and you're going god i believe that you can actually do anything i need you to heal her she does she's not doing good i need you to come in and do something she wasn't able to get out of bed for like two weeks at this point and so she she prays and it just it happens she gets that call that She's up now. She's out of bed on that day that all of a sudden it, it shifts from. And then when that thing happens to you, man, you're like, oh, I can ask God for all kinds of stuff. 
it just kind of unlocks all of a sudden. Like, well, if he can, I mean, he was listening to me. Like, if I had a doubt that he heard me, now I know, that doubt is squashed. This doubt is squashed. Yeah, true. Not only all of a sudden do you believe that God exists, but all of a sudden you believe that he actually does stuff. That he actually does stuff. And that's, where I, that's what I want for me more and more and more. I don't want to be in that 95% place of, I believe you for most of the stuff, but I'm just not sure if I want to be all the way there so I can see more, more stuff because he does stuff still. Mark chapter 9, it says, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Right now, some of you might be going, I doubt that there's demons. I doubt that there's, what is this spirit that has a hold of him? I doubt that that's real. Some people further on, the more that you know, the more doubts you can come up with. I think he actually had seizures. I think that he had this. I doubt that it was a spiritual thing. It was actually a medical thing. You start to introduce new doubts. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus replies, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? This is a, we're talking about feelings and feelings that Jesus has the other day. Um, this is Jesus feeling exasperated. How long am I going to stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Bring him to me. And so they brought him. It says, when the, spirit, when the spirit saw Jesus, and this is a little S spirit, not a big S spirit. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. But if you, if you can do anything, Jesus, like I'll take whatever it is because it's so bad. It's so bad. And these spirits are trying to kill my son. Whatever, whatever you can do, I'll take it. If you can do anything at all. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. Oh, I, miss, I missed a line. I got to go back. He said, from childhood, this has been happening. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus replies, he responds, if you can. He's like, you know, do you not know who I am? Do you not know? Do you not know my father? If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Everything's possible for one who believes. Immediately, 
The boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And this is where a lot of us are. Here I am, Jesus. I obviously, like I'm here, right? I believe that you are something. But I still have that doubt that you're everything. Like that you can do all of it. I believe you're something, but I, I don't know. I'm not ready to give you 100% of my heart yet, of my trust yet, of my faith yet. I just don't, I don't think I can do it. The boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Please help me. Please help me get rid of it. And just like when, you know, Jesus didn't have to with Thomas. He let him feel the holes in his hands. And he says, this is the help. help." Thomas said, help my unbelief. And he said, here, touch these. Do you believe now? Yes, I do. Just like Thomas, this this father says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I want to see something happen. I want to see you do something with my boy. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. He said, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, Come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he said, this kind can only come out by prayer. This kind can only come out by prayer. Um, Some of you might be in that spot also that the boy was in, that maybe, um, maybe people would look at you or maybe you look at yourself and you're laying there and you feel like you're dead. Um, That's the place where Jesus reaches down and grabs you by the hand and picks you back up again. If you're on the ground... Um, you're kind of in a good spot. Because he's ready to pick you up. He says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. He lays all of his cards on the table. Like, oh, here, like you ever get to that place of, I'm, I got to that place when I went into the Lindner Center for mental health stuff. If you, if you haven't met me before, I'm a little crazy. But I'm working on it all the time. And, uh, but in that place, you're all the way bare, all cards on the table. I'm not hiding anything from anybody anymore because it hasn't gotten me anywhere. Uh, it is, it's, it's so, it's so, like, it is so scary right now. It's so, um, desperate right now that I'm willing to do anything at this point and this dad brings his son to Jesus and he's in that spot of here I am completely yes I'm sorry if I'm believing the wrong things help me to believe the right things that unbelief 
It's a word apostia in the original language. It means just not fully persuaded yet. Not fully persuaded. And this dad admits that he believes, but it's a struggle to believe all the way. He says, I'm here, right? I'm here, aren't I? My boy needs help, and I can't give it to him. i tried everything that I can. I believe that there's something special about you. Uh, you might be the son of God. Um, you might be just a prophet. I'm not sure who you really, but I'm not sure if I believe in miracles because this guy hadn't seen any yet. He says, but I am desperate. Help my unbelief go away. In spite of my doubts, in spite of my struggles, in spite of me not being able to figure it out, how the heck, for me, I'm always like, Jonah and the whale, did he actually eat it? Like, huh? And then I see other things, and there's like whales that are puking up crazy stuff that they've had, and I'm like, I think it might be possible, but I don't have to have all the answers. Uh, Lee, Lee Iacocca it was a, a guy who's the, he's basically the, he's the inventor of the Ford Mustang uh, and the, the technology, the innovation that went into that. If you're not familiar, like it was, it rocked the world, the things that were going on with the Ford Mustang. Uh, and he was trying to lead this company and get people to believe in this possibility of a different kind of car, a different kind of way of thinking about how to build it, anything that they've done before, like challenging them. And he's struggling with his coworkers. And here's what he said to his team. He said, the trouble with you is that in college, they taught you not to take any action until you had all the facts. So he's working with a team of engineers. Any engineers in here? Do you need all the facts? Yeah. The trouble with you is that in college they taught you not to take any action until you had all the facts. Well, you've got 95% of them. You got 95% of them, but it's gonna take you another six months to get that last 5%. And by the time you do, this is going to be out of date. We're not going to be the innovators. We're not going to have the first of its kind. We're not going to be doing these things. You don't have to have all of it figured out. We got 95%. Let's get rolling. Thomas had that same problem. Some of us have that same problem. Jesus gave Thomas what he needed to believe, but he didn't give it to him immediately, did he? Some of the things that you might think you need to believe he doesn't give you immediately and I would recommend um, putting it on layaway until then <laughs> like that okay I'm gonna have this I'm gonna have this even though I don't even though I don't have it right now I have a placeholder for it I'm gonna have this Jesus come and give me this thing I want it. I know you're giving it to me I'm just waiting for it I believe you for it I decided to believe uh, and give my, my life to Jesus and truly surrender. And it was surrender because I don't, it's hard. It's hard to believe every part of it. And so I surrender myself to him and I say, if you said it, I believe it. I just choose to believe, if you said it, I believe it. If I read it, I believe it. And so I've spent the last 20 years just researching things and reading and adding to those reasons of why I believe. And it just keeps filling in more and more. I believe God can do anything. I believe he can. I'm, I'm hoping to get us to a place 
where we can believe like that together because some real magic starts to happen. Let's pray. God, thank you for miracles. God, thank you for miracles that have happened every day since you made us. God, we want to see miracles happen. We want to see things that lock us in. We don't want to put you in that place where, where we're trying to force you to do what we want. But God, we do want to see you move. We want to see you change things. We want to see things that are not possible from us happen because you stepped in. We want to be able to believe that you're going to come through on things and not have doubt. We want to believe that people that we pray for will be healed, that they will be um, brought into a relationship with you, that people we pray for will get sober. Yes. They will get clean. Yes. They will stay clean. Yes. That they will get a new purpose and a new reason for being. God, we want to believe you 100% that you have a plan for us to prosper us and not to harm us, a plan for a hope and a future. We want to believe 100% that you have forgiven us and that we're your sons and daughters, that we've been given a certificate of adoption and that as sons and daughters, we bear your resemblance, that we get to be Jesus on display out in the world. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I don't want to... I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. God, we want to look right at you. We want to see your face. So we say, come and move. We pray you'd make us a faithful bunch. A spiritual hot spot in this town, in this city, that we'd be a spiritual hotspot where there is activity, where God is moving and doing things. Because so many of us believe that it's going to happen. Come Holy Spirit. We want it, we want it, we want it. We dare you to move. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.